If you change your mind about helping, I'll be right here. The woman smiles at me kindly. You can tell she's thinking that I'm too shy to let her help me and that I really do want a bra. What I really want is to take off this dress that's covered with small yellow bananas and put my trousers back on. I'm just about breathing normally when I get to the safety of the second floor. To be careful, I slip into the stairwell near the lifts, pull out a raincoat from my rucksack and shrug it on over my dress. Mum and Dad have trained us to change our appearance as often as possible, to lose anyone who might be tailing us. I step out into the nice, normal lamps and lampshades of the lighting department and breathe in the unbra-tainted air. Sam walks up, holding a four-pack of fifty-watt light bulbs. What are those for? I needed to look like I was shopping for something. That assistant over there was looking at me like I was planning a robbery. He must have seen me searching for the message. Sam nods her head at a shop assistant standing next to a forest of standard lamps. He's staring at us with his eyes narrowed. I suppose it did look a bit suspicious, me lifting up every lamp. Yeah, he's still watching us. Let's go. I take the light bulbs from Sam and walk a bit closer to the assistant. Um, no, she didn't want these, I say loudly. She said she'd already got them online, don't you remember? Sam tucks away a smile before answering me equally loudly. Oh, that's right, I forgot, stupid me. She watches as I put the light bulbs back and then tugs on my sleeve. You'd better go meet her. You know how mad Mum gets when we're late. We walk away towards the escalators at a quick pace. Do you think he's following us? Sam says. Shh! I pull out some glasses from my bag. They're clear glass with tiny mirrors attached to the side so I can see behind me. I can see the assistant looking after us, but after a moment he shrugs and returns to the checkout. No, he's not following, but you better make sure no one else is. We make our way onto the escalators, going down to the first floor towards the cafe. As we get off at the bottom, Sam coughs twice, our signal to do the palm slip we've been practising for weeks. As she walks one pace ahead, she swings one hand behind her. I reach out and she presses the paper against my palm for a split second. In one quick move, I clutch my fingers around it and tuck it away in the pocket of my dress. Dad finally listened to me about my need for pockets. Then I fake a sneeze, our signal to split up to confuse anyone who might be following us. Checking there's no one around, I slip into the woman's loose and find a cubicle to lock myself into. I take out the message and check it. It's in code, of course, and I don't have the cipher with me, in case both message and cipher are stolen. Mum and Dad's top spying motto is, Attention, attention, attention. Their motto is exactly as irritating as it sounds. So I pull out my phone and take a photograph of the code, then send it to Mission Control at home. Then I tear the paper into tiny strips and flush them down the toilet. Before I leave, I change into another dress I've packed in my bag, this one is bright red, and put on a matching beret pulled down low over my eyes. Finally, I empty out my bag and turn it inside out. It's a reversible rucksack with different colours on each side, before putting everything back. Mum and Dad have said that if you're being followed and you change your clothes for something more striking, then the person tailing you will often reject the possibility it could be you. Let's hope they're right, because apparently HQ think the results of our training missions are almost as important as our real ones. Coming out of the toilets, I try to change my walk, hunching my shoulders forward and tilting my head slightly to the side, but not too much in case I just look weird. There's a man wearing sunglasses and a large hat, sitting right at the edge of the cafe, his face hidden by the newspaper he's reading. He glances up over the edge of his paper as I come out of the toilets. 
trouble. I make a swift left and push through the door that leads to the main stairs and lifts. As soon as I'm out of sight of the man, I run down one flight of stairs and go into the household goods department. I weave my way through the aisles of cereal bowls and cooking tools that look like instruments of torture. As I duck behind a display of bone china mugs, I think of the best spy of all time, Dan McGuire. In Dan McGuire and the Case of the Chipped China, Dan McGuire has to run through a factory of 4,000 china plates without breaking anything. Now I know how he felt. A tall woman in a hat is cruising the aisles. She might be looking for more than a lemon squeezer. Well, you're not going to squeeze me, lady. I bend down, pretending to pick something off the bottom shelf, and then stay down as I scuttle into another aisle and over to the doors on the other side. I slip out and then down the steps to the fire escape doors to the street. I glance behind me. No one. I walk quickly towards the meeting point.